Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Monday, everybody. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We get into another big week. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They make sure you're covered in every facet of the game. And not only that, but they'll do everything they can to save you money because that's critical, too. Sometimes it's a bundle, but they'll do everything they can to find you the best rate possible. They are the pros, pros, and insurance, the best in the business. Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Lots of fabulous pre-owned inventory. Great deals to be had. Fabulous service department all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We'll get into the Steelers-Eagles. Big day for Chase uh, Claypool yesterday, but the Eagles generated some offense yesterday, too. Miles Sanders was terrific. Uh, Dak Prescott, we'll get into that. Of course, we have to talk about the Lakers winning. There's a lot going on, and we'll do that as the show moves on. But let's get into Penn State football. We're 12 days away from the opener, Nittany Lions at Indiana. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Terry Smith. Our, part one of our conversation with Terry was on Friday. Here's part two with the corners coach for the Nittany Lions, Terry Smith. Terry Smith, uh, Terry, we've talked about four guys in that rotation, but as you mentioned, you think you can go five deep, and a big reason why is redshirt freshman Daquan Hardy. Obviously, I got a good long look at him uh, in, in practice last year working on the scout teams and so forth, and somebody asked me about him. I said, look, besides the athleticism, same thing when you talk about the other guys. He seems to know where the ball is all the time. What do you see in Daquan Hardy that can open the door for some playing time and some plays for him this year? Yeah, just exactly what you said is, you know, being a ball magnet. I think one of the best interceptions I've seen uh, since I've been back here coaching for six seasons was his interception in our bowl prep down in the Cotton Bowl. He had a one-handed, one-hand interception that was just incredible. Um, and then he almost simulated it here a week ago, uh, but the ball, when he hit the ground, the ball came out this time. So, you know, he just seems to be around the ball. You know, we, we track statistically uh, through competition all the one-on-ones and any balls that are thrown where he's the target, you know, whether it's uh, seven-on-seven work, whether it's teamwork, half-line work, anytime a ball is thrown at any of the DBs, we track that. And right now, Daquan Hardy is, is at the top of the board, uh, along with Joey Porter in coverage. So, you know, he's just having an exceptional camp. Um, he's a feisty guy. He's super tough, even though he's undersized. He can run well, uh, and he's an ultimate competitor. All right, let's, I want to uh, slip in something about uh, 
a youngster who is in the program, and I'm sure you have you know great thoughts about him down the road. But Joe Johnson, what do you what do you see in Joe Johnson? Joe has a really good skill set. Um, you know, he he works really hard at what he's doing. Uh, when he's out there, uh, you know, he competes really hard, and and as he does his one on one, he's winning more battles than than not. So he's. He's great now, pretty good on film. Um, he's he's a good young kid that in the future we feel like he's going to be a viable part of our room. And, you know, who knows, hopefully by midseason he can step into a role uh, on special teams and maybe uh, get a couple snaps. All right, so now let's let's get to another part. That's the star spot. That's the nickel spot. And also at times, dime. We're in a world of sub packages now. What do you look for in somebody to play the fifth DB? What do you look for in somebody to play the sixth DB when you go to some of these sub packages? Yeah, well, you 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 truly want to find a cover guy, you know, because covering the slot is the toughest cover. You know, you, you look at our team last year with K.J. Hamler. I mean, you know, that's the, a guy that's super quick and a guy that's fast, and he has two-way goes. He can run inside routes or outside routes, and there's a lot of space to do it. So you, you want to find a guy that can cover, number one, a guy that's twitchy with his feet because you have to be able to match the quick receivers in the slot. Um, then you also need to have a, a physical corner because we have a lot of blitz packages that we want to utilize with that position, and that person needs to be able to fit into the run game and the blitz package and be able to tackle. So that's why Lamont uh, Lamont Porter is is is, uh, is is doing so well for us. Uh, Lamont Wade, Lamont Lamont Wade, Wade yeah, yeah, Lamont Wade, yeah. That, that's why he's doing so well. Is uh, you know he he can cover, yet he can fit in the run game, and then you know he's super in the blitz package. So you know, coming out of my room, you look at a guy like Saquon Hardy. You know, that's a position that he's done exceptionally well. Um, we're continuing to grow him into the, the blitz package. Uh, we know he can cover. You know, now time it's time to see if, you know, he can fit into the run game and hold up and be durable. Um, you know, and that's always the challenge. And, you know, so far he's doing fantastic. You know, Keaton Ellis is also working in there. And then we also started getting Tariq Cashel Field some, some reps in there too, just so we're flexible and depending on the matchup, if you got to have a bigger slot receiver, you know, we might want a, a bigger body to, to match him. And that's where Keaton or, Tariq can step in there, and then those guys will also play like in our dime package, um, which is like the replacement of the wheel backer into the boundary. So um, we're just we're trying to create flexibility. So you know, based on you know if, if there's a ten personnel and it's all five wides out there, well, we need to match it with some cover guys that can handle that situation. There's also a domino effect. You just listed a number of items that are needed to play that spot, but the domino effect is, is say it's a corner, and you flip the corner in and he becomes the star. The person that now takes the other spot at corner has to be capable of doing the job. What are those conversations like to make sure that, hey, look, we flipped him, but guess what? We have somebody capable of handling that spot so we're comfortable doing it. Yeah, it all plays a factor. 
you know, and, and when you go into the star, the, the greatest challenge is, does the star position come from the safety room or the corner room? And essentially, it, it, it often comes from wherever the next best position is. So if I feel like our third corner is better than the third safety, then typically we want to get our five best guys in the star package on the field. So, you know, we just have to figure out who that next best guy is. Uh, I think the corner room is strong. Um, When you look at, you know, obviously Porter is battling at that starting position. You got Marquise Wilson, you got Keaton, and then Daquan Hardy. I just think there's, you know, those guys have all played and, you know, the the preseason that they're having, you know, it, it, it looks really, really good. And the safeties are playing well, too. I think we're on the back end. You know, obviously we had some struggles last year that we feel like we've gotten them fixed. And um, just excited to see this whole group come out and play this year. You're also midway through uh, preseason right now. That's about the time where, let's face it, let's see how the legs are doing and so forth. What do you find out about players at the midway portion when you've got to push through some practices? Well, this is kind of when you find out, can they finish games? You know, their body's tired, they're mentally fatigued, and and this is where their technique and and their study habits have to take over because at this game, you're playing in the Big Ten. You know, everyone we play is tough. Everyone is is well-coached, you know, and, and how do you get an advantage? You know, when you're in a game and you're fatigued, you're in, in the fourth quarter and you're on snap number 80 or 85, you know, that's where your your film study has to kick in, that's where your technique has to kick in, your fundamentals have to kick in, and that's where we are right now in camp, you know, and we're just trying to see which of these guys can battle through this mentally and physically, and then those are the guys that you start to, to lean on and, and count on for the season. Finally, Terry, what are you sensing in the cohesion of this defense, the way the defensive front works with the linebackers, the way the linebackers work with the secondary, the way the corners work with the with the safeties? What kind of cohesion are you seeing defensively in this team through two weeks of practice? Man, I think it's we, we have the opportunity to be one of the best defenses we've had here in the last five or six years. Um, you know, we have some veteran guys that are back in key roles. Uh, you know, like P.J. Mustafer and Shaka Tony. Uh, you, you know, we, we, we've got critical guys. You know, Jason Owe is coming out of the the background, and now he, he's the guy that's going to be rushing the edge. Uh, you know, Antonio Shelton is going to have a great year. Then you look at our linebackers with Jesse Laqueta, you know, Brandon Smith, who's going to step out in the forefront this year. And, you know, Lance Dixon is having – having a great camp and Ellis you know Brooks. Charlie Catcher stepping through you know uh, Ellis Brooks yeah. these guys we've, we've got great depth on the defense and you know we've already talked about the corners and then you look at Lamont Wade and, and Jaquan Brisker and uh, Jonathan Sutherland and newcomer um, Tig which is you know Jair is what you know he's nicknamed Tig um, there, there's there's depth and the cohesion co- cohesiveness of this unit is, you know, led really by Shaka Tony, who who leads the defense, and they they play as one. These guys have a lot of fun together. These guys challenge one another. 
and they get after it. You know, every day of practice, you know, we play hard, and, and, and that's, that's what Penn State defense has always done, and I think these guys are having a lot of fun at it, and we all know when, when teams are having fun, they'll be much more successful. And this was fun for me to talk with you, my friend. It's great to hear you again. Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Steve. Penn State Corners coach Terry Smith. Great to have our longtime friend on the show. All right, coming up, plenty to talk about after a big weekend of both college pro football and NBA champion, a big injury to Dak Prescott as we continue. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us. By the way, I mean, this has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. But the pass interference call early in the game on Darius Slay, okay, there is no way on the planet you can catch that ball. If you do catch it, you're out of bounds. Hey, this is, to me, what pass interference is. Pass interference is contact that prevents the catch from possibly being made. That's, to me, what pass interference is. Contact that prevents the catch from possibly being made. How many times have we seen, like, a ball goes over somebody's shoulder, they drop it anyway, and so that's why I use possibly. Okay, That ball is out of bounds. So even if he does catch it, it's not going to be a catch. It's no call. What is wrong with these guys? I don't get it. I mean, pass interference is a tough enough call to begin with. But again, that's one of the keys. It's contact that prevents you from the possibility of making the catch. If the ball is out of bounds, and the only way it's going to be caught is if you are out of bounds, that means it doesn't matter. Yeah, the the officiating, the broadcast, everything but the game itself was really bad yesterday. Your team can't play defense, so stop stop your whining. All right, so... uh, (laughs) Yeah, see, I knew that already going in. I mean, I don't even know if you can stop the center Bulldogs right now. That's a legitimate question right now, yeah. They're they're an eight-year-old team. All right, so... (laughs) (laughs) I drive by on Blue Course Drive and see them practicing all the time on my way to the golf course. All right. So the Steelers won. That's great. Um, despite all the bragging within the radio station on Friday about how it was going to turn out, it's one depressed suit today. 
Yes. Didn't score. Didn't score. And he was going around. He was assuring everybody that this was it. This is going to be the big one. I mean, he was very insulting, I thought, when it came to the opposing team. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Chief Dave Ritchie, so much respect. You know, like, you got to take your cues from some people. Uh, let's see. LeBron says he just wants his, quote, damn respect. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that he didn't get the MVP of the league, that Giannis got it. Okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay, let me tell you the person that needs their, quote, damn respect. Single mother of three, working two, three jobs to put food on the table, working the, hoping for some time and a half, something. That's the person that needs our darn respect. Okay, not a billionaire basketball player who is loved, praised, all the time. Single mom, three, two, three jobs, putting food on the table, paying the bills that show up every month. Now, that's the person that needs our darn respect. He's going along beautifully in the press conference. He's talking about, you know, Dr. Buss, Jeannie Buss, Rob Polinka, Michelle Roberts in the, in the NBA PA, uh, Adam Silver. He's talking about his teammates. I mean, really, it was a beautiful statement. Then he got to himself and then... Pfft, Flushed it. Nice job. Okay. Jim writes, what is with all the scoring? Curious if you think it's connected to events of 2020 or a trend of the sport. And would you anticipate a similar trend of higher scoring in the Big Ten? Offense is fun, but I'd rather see a game where each team scores maybe one TD per quarter and a shootout now two to three. Jim in San Francisco. Jimmy. Jim. Great question. I was going to talk about this today. I'm, I'm, I've got only a little bit here, but I'm going to get more as the show goes into it because we have a couple of guests, but I'm going to be able to fit this in. Uh, Jack Ham and I are with you all the way. Alabama had the opportunity in the game on Saturday night at 764 yards. That was the max number of yards Alabama could have had in the game on Saturday night. You know how many they got? 723. They missed by 41 yards of having the maximum amount of yards they're going to gain in the game. You're seeing defenses right now, A, that are not very good at tackling, and that does go to how everybody practices right now because you're trying to simulate as much tackling as possible, but you can't get in all the stuff that you want. And also, you're seeing defensive players, especially early in the season, take bad angles, put them in bad spots, get lost. And I'm with them. Jack and I have talked about this many times. The two of us would like to see a 31-24 game, a 38-31 game. Not 63-48. to Really? So we're going to get more into that as well. Good question, Jim. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They'll get you the right insurance. They'll do everything they can to make sure you get the best price. They'll look at bundles. Whatever they can do to find you the best price, they will. As long as you're covered. They are the pros, pros, and insurance. Great people. 
Just great people to work with, be around, and just really do their job well. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Care, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Penn State, Indiana will be a 3.30 kickoff. It'll be a 2 o'clock airtime here on WKOK on the 24th. There are no Friday games for Penn State. The opening Friday game will be Illinois at Wisconsin next Friday night, the 23rd. Penn State will play at 3.30 Saturday, the 24th at Indiana. Looks like the Ohio State game is at 7.30, and it looks like the Michigan game will be the big noon game on Fox on the 28th. The... um, and the game with Indiana will be on Fox Sports 1 at 3.30. So we'll make sure we have that. It'll be, again, at 2 o'clock airtime here on the Penn State Sports Network. And WK, okay. Let's see. Let me give you one novelty before I get to uh, Chris Mack here. Here's a novelty I don't think anybody's really thought of. Do you realize that for the first time in the history of Major League Baseball, First time ever. The League Championship Series began in 1969 for both the American and National League. This is the first time ever that the two teams meeting in each league didn't play each other during the regular season. Remember, everything lined up. National League East played American League East. Central played Central. West played West. Well, when the Astros played the Rays last night. The Rays won a two to one. It's the first time the Rays and Astros have played in over a year. So there's no books on anybody going into this. Same thing with the Dodgers and the Braves. They didn't play during the regular season. They haven't played. They have not played in each other in what thirteen months, thirteen and a half months, something like that. Nobody has a book on anybody. the first time in the history of the LCS that's ever happened. You didn't know that, did you, Matt? I did not. That is a good nugget there. It would have been, this, no matter who won what last week, it would have been the same story. Because if you notice, the division series all lined up in divisions. Yep. So, all right. Then we'll get the scoring in the SEC in a moment. First, Chris Mack, Pittsburgh. Chris, welcome. Great to have you with us on the show, as always. Hey, Steelers, um, the offense, obviously, Claypool. Do you know what I noticed at Claypool? And let's see what you think. When I watched Claypool in Notre Dame, that looked like uh, a bigger man. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's trimmed down, and it's made a big difference for him. Is it, would that be accurate? I don't know if he's necessarily trimmed down, Steve. I just think he's he's being asked to use his speed in different ways. I think what we saw at Notre Dame was what, to be quite honest, I expected to translate pretty cleanly to Sundays, which was big man, like you said. Let's use him in those slots and uh, on, on those formations where he can be exploited in the where he can exploit the middle of the field and use that size to his advantage. I think they've discovered that maybe that combine pro pro day type uh, 40-yard dash time that wowed everybody 
has translated as well as the size and the ability to work in the middle of formations and in the middle of the field. And so I think they've been using that Matt Canada offense with all the sweeps and the motions and everything that comes with it as an opportunity to uh, to use him in different ways. He's become a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. He's a red zone target. We know he can go down the field and high point the ball in the end zone or along yeah. the sidelines. Right. We know he can work in the middle of the field, as you said. You know, we we saw that happen on Saturdays, and now we know that he can do a little bit of this, where he takes the ball in motion on a sweep and end around. Um, I just think I, I, I was quite honestly surprised that his speed has translated this yeah. well to Sunday. Yeah, it really it really has, and I also think that the Steelers did a great job utilizing their bye week to throw a few new wrinkles in like those jet sweeps that they weren't showing before. Well, it was the first real opportunity to see Matt Canada's fingerprints all over this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what jumped out to a lot of us watching it, I think, was we, we saw little tastes of it, you know, the first three weeks. This was full on. I mean, to, to, at one point, I think Ben Roethlisberger had to step out from underneath center and kind of wave his hands and call a timeout and say, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. There's a little too much going on here. He's up to speed with it now, though. I think the offense as a whole, it's it's putting Roethlisberger in the best possible position to take advantage of the defense. He's gotten better over the years, obviously, as most quarterbacks do at reading a defense and knowing where he wants to go with the ball once he comes to the line of scrimmage. But these motions, I mean, they motioned Alejandro Villanueva at one point yesterday, their left tackle. They're moving guys all over the place. It's giving him a better read on things. And I think all the diagnoses he needs to make are done before he snaps the ball. And, And if there's a few things to hash out once the ball is snapped, he's able to do that pretty quickly and get the ball out one, two, three, and not have to go too deep into his progressions or too deep downfield in reading things because, A, the structures of the routes aren't doing that, and, B, it's just it, he's got everything pre-diagnosed before he snaps the ball. Uh, how does Ben Roethlisberger look to you? I mean, does he look the same? Do you, can you see there's, there's a couple little problems, or it's, is it just unnoticeable? I mean, He's he's admitted there's still something up with the deep ball, um, and I think that's the only thing that's missing right now. Uh, the decision-making the first two or three weeks, and he had a couple spots here and there where I thought to myself, why did he do that? Uh, but yesterday was nearly flawless in that regard. Uh, he did admit he made a joke about maybe uh, James Bradley uh, made his arm too strong when he put him back together. Jimmy Bradley, yeah, yeah, which is classic classic Ben the joke that the doctors put yeah. him back together too well. Um, I don't think that's it. I just think he's got to find some touch and some rapport on some of those deep balls. Um, he had nearly had Ray Ray McLeod on one yeah. yesterday. McLeod was just held up in the middle of the route and didn't and, and sort of geared down for a split second. Otherwise, that's a big hitter there. Um, I think it's starting to come around. I think it'll be the last part of his game that we see come around. Um, but I, you know, I'll be honest. I I would be really worried if I was if I'm the Dallas defense in particular, who's got the Steelers coming up in four weeks. I'd be worried that by that point, Ben will have hit full throttle. Yeah. And not only will he be making the reads at the line, hitting the quick hitters, you know, whether it's Ebron or Claypool in the middle of the field, Washington or Deontay Johnson, if he stays healthy uh, on the outside and Juju all over the place. You know, he's got a multitude of weapons now. And what we've really seen over the course of the first four weeks is that he's comfortable using pretty much any of them. Defense carried the day for the Steelers a year ago. Now you have an offense that can complement the defense. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about about the level of defense? Now, look, it's it's a 4-0 level. But how do you feel about the level of defense that the Steelers have been playing so far? Uh, it's been good enough. 
uh, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, I think we all expected A-plus defense this year, given the way they played last year, the turnovers they were forcing. Uh, But when this defense doesn't force turnovers or big splash plays, it downgrades to a B, maybe B-plus defense, depending on what kind of offense it's facing. You know, And next weekend is going to be – I. I pause to say that the Browns are for real quite yet, but they're getting close uh, after what they did to the Colts yesterday. Um, they are, this will be the most legitimate wide receiver uh, threat the Steelers will face all year, um, maybe outside of the Cowboys. Uh, this will be, I mean, if Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden, with the help hopefully of Minka Fitzpatrick, who has yet to really make a big play this year after so many last year, if they can keep Landry and Beckham in check, then there's then then we'll be able to say okay they've had some rough spots but this is still a b plus a level defense but they're gonna have to get to mayfield to make that happen they're gonna have to cause a couple of turnovers and certainly more turnovers from the browns than from the steelers you know what i find interesting i think that the browns in the last couple of years let's just take the last couple of years Mm -hmm. because i'll just take the mayfield part it looked like they were hoping things would work now I watch the Browns, they look like a team that knows what it wants to do, why it wants to do, and then just does it. And I think that's, that's where I've seen the transformation of the Browns. There's not that hoping it's going to work. Hey, great, you know. You know and, they, and they kind of, they're on that, that, that thin thread of confidence. I don't, that doesn't look like they're playing. They actually know, like, they know what they want to do and why they want to do and just do it. I, I think it's a combination of growing up, which I think Mayfield's done a, a little bit of over the last couple of years. I think it's that. I think it's getting more comfortable with the weapons around them. And then also you have you have an offensive mind who, at least right now, and this is always up for debate in Cleveland as to how long it'll last, but you have an offensive mind who's in charge of everything and being allowed to do his thing. So I think that's the biggest difference is there's no cacophony of voices. There's no battling for power in the facility as far yeah. as I've heard. This is a very, you know, and it helps when you start 4-1, and one, everybody's happy. Sure especially the owner. And if the owner's happy, then he's not going to be wandering around the facility asking for dirt about who's not doing their job, which I know Jimmy Haslam has done in the past in the Browns facility, and it's led to unrest and yeah. strife and turmoil. And that doesn't happen when you're 4-1. and one. So as long as things stay calm there um, and, and Baker Mayfield keeps not turning the ball over, they're, you know, they, they're a threat to make the playoffs. Uh, any thought on, uh, you know, I think it was, what, 7,500? But uh, how did people feel about having people in the stands yesterday? I think it was uh, another step towards normalcy, you know. Uh, Every step we can take towards normalcy is a good thing. Um, It's not full-on 100% normalcy, but I choose to take the positives and and look at it in that regard. I I choose to say, hey, you know, if we're allowed to have 5,500 in the place, then let's celebrate the fact that we have 5,500. I know Vince Williams, Steelers linebacker, said, uh, as compared to the sea of yellow seats, it, it felt like there were 60,000 there yesterday because they were just, you know, it, they were that used to playing in front of no one, to be quite honest. So it felt good to have people in the building feeding off of that energy just a little bit. I think you could tell early on they did anyway. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's again, it's a good thing. It sounds like it went off pretty well without a hitch mm-hmm. uh, to this point. And, you know, it, it should continue against the, the Browns. And then uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the exact number will be. I mean, total building capacity will be the same for Pitt Notre Dame in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but I'm not sure what that means for the number of tickets they'll sell or anything like that. But it's, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Out for your uh, afternoon walk? Because usually, uh, usually I get you in your, in your afternoon walk. 
Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm staying a little closer to home as uh, the boy's getting off the bus here in a moment. Another oh. step closer to normal. All the kids, K through 2, back in school together today in our school district. So Very that's nice. steps towards normalcy, Steve, which, as you know with me, is uh, a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Chris, thanks so much. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks again, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Have a great one. Chris Mack, Pittsburgh. Great to have him with us on the show today. Yeah, 7,500 yesterday. Texas A&M had a huge crowd. I mean, I know what they announced. What they announced and what the reality was are two different things. Texas A&M had a huge crowd. Dan Mullen, after the game, was going on about the influence of the crowd, and he wants a full house for Florida this week. Look, just follow the guidance. I understand what he's trying to say, what he wants, but there's there's stuff being said in post games right now where you know instead of you know you get out there and say hey look I hope we can get as big a crowd as allowed on Saturday for our game uh, or then Mike Leach <laughs> malcontents <laughs> tossing them under the bus like you do that in the team meeting, not at a press conference. Okay. We'll take a break. The Yankees win the other night? No? Don't be cruel. <laughs> 36 million. I expected a complete game shutout. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters. All right, a lot of scoring across the country. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Summer. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Uh, Jim's email uh, was spot on. Jim uh, emailing us from San Francisco. And it's right, I mean, spot on. Why is that? Part of it is goes back to usually I don't think the tackling improves until maybe the third game of the season because guess what? The first couple of games is where you're getting a lot of your tackling from. Uh, that's part of it. But you know what? I've been seeing a lot of people, and this may go to practice as well, but taking bad angles, running them some, and sometimes that's a product of you're not used to tackling, so now you get anxious. You're taking the wrong angle on the play. And Jack, this is something I'll talk to Jack about when I get a chance. Because I'm seeing not only bad tackling technique, but I'm seeing bad angles. I think bad angles are the biggest issue of all. Blown coverages. I'm watching the Alabama Ole Miss game. I'm seeing one blown coverage after another. People open in the center of the field, like way behind. Then you look at the all-22 shot of it. Like what? Why did he come up? I don't get it. 
the Texas A&M Florida game. Kellen Mond had a game and a half. Kyle Trask played really well. Really well. But neither defense played well. And you're seeing that across the board in college football. And I'm with Jim. Jack and I have talked about it. We like those. We got 31 28, 31 24, 38, 28 games, something like that. But games that get into the the final score was 63 45. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You knew in watching Alabama Old Miss the other night that the second, that the second, Ole Miss had to kick a field goal. They were done. That was it. Couldn't do it. Because they needed to match touchdown for touchdown because that's the way the game is played right now. It's the way it is. And some of it's obviously great players on offense, a lot of speed on offense, Used to be you'd put your best athletes on defense. Now everybody's putting their best athletes on offense. But I'm seeing defensively, I'm seeing teams A, not tackle well because they're not used to it, and B, I'm seeing a lot of defenders taking bad angles, which is opening up lanes all over the place. Alabama will play Georgia this week. They have the only two undefeated teams remaining in the SEC. Yeah, Alabama's saying, well, you know, gee, it felt like they had our defensive signals. Well, how about, like, you're just not playing great defense, all right? It has been well, so much going on right now. This will be the last Monday because the NBA is now done. The NBA will not play again. They haven't said, but here's my guess. You know what I think the NBA regular season opener is going to be? Try this on for size. This would be my suggestion. Okay, you're not going to start Christmas, right, Matt? You know when they should start? Say mid, late January? How about January 18th? Why? Why January 18th? I know you probably think it's Garrett Cole's birthday, but it's not. (laughs) MLK Day. You know, that would be very fitting based on the messages they've been trying to send with their play. They they play afternoon games on MLK Day all the time. That's true. Why That's not start point. the se- why not start the season on MLK Day? January eighteenth. I think the NHL starting on the first of January. That's what they'd like to do. The NBA January eighteenth. I think it would be perfect. Now, what's not perfect is trying to cram in 82 games, shorten the travel, and so forth. That's that's going to be a tricky play for the NBA because they do want to play 82. That would mean that they would finish the season probably in August at some point. But that would be something. And I would not. And this is not an asterisk season. They played what 75 regular season games for goodness sakes, 82. And it just turned out the playoffs started later. That's 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 not even a remotely an issue. Dak Prescott's injury was awful yesterday. Awful. I was watching I was watching when it happened. You're like, when he landed, I thought, oh, that didn't look good the way he landed. And all of a sudden you see him on the ground like, oh boy. 
Yeah, that was tough to see. I, I just felt awful for him. He's had a terrible year to begin with with what happened to his brother. He's handled everything with such grace. Uh, who's playing Friday night in the Big Ten? You know, Penn State's not. Here are the Friday night games very quickly. Illinois at Wisconsin. Minnesota at Maryland. Iowa at Minnesota. Purdue at Minnesota. And Nebraska at Iowa. Those are the Friday games. That Friday game, Nebraska-Iowa, is the traditional day after Thanksgiving Day game. 